Welcome to Brand Me. I'm Preston Conrad, and on this show, we'll talk all things branding, from launching a product line to owning your side hustle. We'll talk to the movers, the shakers, the thought leaders. What do you say we finally stop focusing on brands X, Y, and Z and focus on brand me? Let's start the show. If any professional in any creative field or any, you know, anything like that can take one thing away from any piece of advice I'm going to give. It's as soon as you eliminate that fear, you begin to hone in on who you are and what actually matters to you. That's the second that things are going to take off. Today's episode is brought to you by my brand, Preston Conrad Home. Living a stylish life does not have to be overly complicated or expensive. The magic of home decor is really made through the fun finishing touches, which quite too often come with big box middlemen and luxury brand price tags. With Preston Conrad Home, everybody can now inject major style into their space with minimal effort and no furniture shopping required with our new luxury home fragrance collection. Just in time for fall, you can choose from five stunning luxury candle scents, all made in America, or our new hand wash collection, both of which will instantly transport yourself to another world while transforming your space at the very same time. As a listener of today's show, you can take 10% off of your purchase of any single item on Preston Conrad Home using the offer code BRANDME. That's PrestonConradHome.com, offer code BRANDME. Hey guys, I am so pumped for you to listen to this week's episode. We sit down with Allie Anderson. She is the founder of Hey Young Writer, which is an online community that encourages and promotes uh, writing from young talent. And this episode is incredible for those of you who are looking to grow your personal brand from nothing. Uh, Allie talks about how... You know, she instantly started growing on social when she injected more of her authentic self into her personal brand, as well as breaking down those fears of really honing in on a niche. And once she found that niche of how it allowed her to propel both her personal and professional brands into the next stratosphere. Uh, We have a great conversation about authenticity, transparency, and how that is the key to growing your brand. So I think you'll really, really love this episode with Allie Anderson. And I'm joined by Allie Anderson, founder of Hey Young Writer. Hi, Allie. Hey, how you doing? I am doing good. Um, guys, yeah. I, obviously, um, many of you might know this, but Allie and I go way back. We are friends from college in Boston and have remained lifelong friends and um, spent time together in New York City. And now Allie's down in Nashville and is thriving with her personal brand, Hey, young writer. It's wild. And I got to say, I like how you downplayed our friendship because I know things about you that like most people don't know. And it's really, I'm just waiting. Like the more famous you get, the more I'm just like, oh my, I'm going to be so rich. When like I let my secrets out. All the blackmail money. You don't even know. I'm like planning my summer house in that way. It's fine. We'll save that for the after show. But for those people who don't know us as intimately as we know each other, um, Tell us a bit about Hey Young Writer and uh, how you started this brand. So it's actually really interesting. I, you know, when I lived in New York City, I was trying to, I was trying to make it as a writer, but nobody actually knew that because I like wasn't actually writing. Um, But my goal with moving to New York City was to meet people that would eventually kind of get me into that space. Um, What I quickly learned there is that 
it's really hard to get your foot in the door anywhere when you don't have experience. And so moving to Nashville was crazy for me just because knowing that I was from or moved from New York, people were like, this girl is legit. Mm -hmm. She knows it. And meanwhile, I was like, I knew nothing, you know, but, but, you know, it became this, this kind of fake it till you make it type of a thing. Um, But as I began to progress and succeed in writing and publishing, having worked for HarperCollins, I sort of graduated from that space and began freelancing first as an editor and then as a, a, a ghostwriter. And I started to realize, you know, this whole journey would have been so much easier if somebody would have just told me some things or let me in or help me network. And um, because I'm kind of a, a master big sister at heart, which my little sister might say that I'm not, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, my, my goal became, you know, to seek ways to just help younger or, or green writers start to make those connections, start to network with one another so that they stop hitting these brick walls. Because I just really began to believe that we're silencing new voices. We're keeping our industry so siloed. So we're not going to start seeing these brilliant new voices emerge because we're not allowing it to happen. It's like so, fashion. Hey young writer. Exactly. It's like, you know, there's that impenetrable exactly. force. It's like, I want to get in, but I don't know how. And you found the same in the writing space. Exactly. And so for me, I was trying to create the most welcoming brand that I possibly could. Um, and it wasn't a straight line, but it's been this really crazy journey where I found that once I began to really, um, express who I am and make myself a big part of the brand, that's when we started to explode. And so I think what's really interesting is that taking a look at my journey with Hey Young Writer and where it was falling flat and when it suddenly took off, it's just that moment where I just decided to embrace myself and to trust who I am as a brand. And suddenly I could do no wrong because I was following my instinct. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what made it grow immediately. So a couple things you said, there's so much good nuggets that you just said. Um, talk to me a bit about the, you quickly glossed over moving into freelance. And I think mm-hmm. for a lot of people listening, especially in this economy, post COVID, the great um, res- resignation, people quitting their jobs, mm-hmm. wanting more of themselves. What was that like? And how scary was that? So the interesting thing about the way that I left HarperCollins was that I had planned to start my own business. I was looking at the the amount of money I was paying my freelancers and publishing houses began purging in-house people very quickly, um, starting with these bigger companies starting to buy smaller ones, they were not keeping editors in-house at all. They were just getting rid of anyone they possibly could, turning those traditional positions into project management positions. Mm. So I'm looking at my roster of freelancers and I'm paying them 50, 60, $70,000 to write a book. And I just kept saying to myself, I, I can make way more money if I leave here Mm. and, you know, set up shop, especially because I have all of these contacts. So that's what I chose to do. I decided I was going to, I had a savings goal. I was like, I'm going to hit 16 grand in my savings account. And then I'm going to bolt out of here. Well, I got laid off. Um, probably like a month into that plan of I'm going to hit 16 grand and I'm going to go. Um, but <laughs> it seemed as though there was some, there was some alignment in the stars that the exact amount I wanted to save was the exact amount I got in severance. Oh my God. So I, so I just started my own company. That's the universe um, rerouting you right there. 
Exactly. And, and pushing my timeline up because I had just started lagging in it. Um, and just the, the longer you stay in a corporate environment, the more comfy, cozy it feels. And even Were though- Were you comfy, cozy? I was kind of in that I could do literally anything I wanted. I mean, I, you know, I was comfy, cozy, as in I knew the next step. I knew the next promotion. I Mm. knew the, you know, I knew Mm. everything that I needed to do to get to where I wanted to be. Um, But in the end, I think that comfy, cozy feeling was a, was masking my real desire to get out there and was just kind of washing over the fear. You know, it was just like, you've got your comfy chair, you've got your blanket, you have your heater, you come in here and you listen to podcasts. But in the end, is that really what I, what I wanted to give to the world? The answer was no. I was yeah. so limited to what I could produce, what I could put out there, um, you know, that I was really, I was going home and editing on the side just because I felt like I wanted to learn more about my profession. Which and you is weren't just getting crazy. fed in that corporate world no. really the way that you wanted to. Um, the other thing you mentioned, and it's so funny because I, um, my brand is named literally named after me as a human. So I often forget to inject myself into my own brand. And I, you know, we as a little team treat it very much like a DTC brand, a new startup, you know, mm-hmm. um, pretty photographs of product. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I haven't talked about the fact that I run this fucking company in a really mm-hmm. long time. So talk to me about when you injected yourself into Hey Young Writer. At first, were you convinced that this new brand was going to be something separate from brand Allie Anderson mm-hmm. and that it was going to be mm-hmm. its own entity? Mm-hmm. Well, I run, so my ghostwriting company is called Allie Anderson Editorial. Through that, that's where I make all of my money. Hey Young Writer is a passion project. Um, and the only money I really make off of it just continues to fuel the brand. So it's its own yeah. thing. But in my mind, I thought the two brands had to be exactly the same. So mm-hmm. as soon as I launched Hey Young Writer, I was using the muted colors, all these different things, because I've created my brand of Allie Anderson editorial to speak to, because I specifically write for victims of trauma and those journeying through grief. I wanted it to feel comfortable and, mm. and warm and cozy. So I thought if I'm going to have two brands that I own, they have to be the same. Um, this is when you and I but, talked about this point about branding right, a young writer. Right, right. And so because of that, I drew this line that whitewashed who I am. And I mm. suddenly realized, well, hold on just because I create two different brands doesn't mean that I'm not still the common denominator. So Mm. I did, I went to you, Preston, and I said, what is, what is, what am I doing wrong? And you, I remember you looked at it and you're just like, this doesn't feel like you at all. This feels like a Midwestern mom. Who's just Mm -hmm. like, just like, you know, it's not, this is not young. It's not hip. It's not fresh. Like you are young hip. And I was like, Holy shit. Like, Mm. like my mind was blown. And then all of a sudden I just decided, I don't care what I think I should do anymore. I'm doing what I want to do. And so from that point forward, it became bright colors, like super fun, exciting imagery. I talk about my, you know, my mental illness, my struggles with, I'm very, very open about my own struggles with the process, with um, little hiccups I've had along the way. I'm just, I never try to be perfect because no one is, and I'm certainly not. And the only way, the way that I have found to best 
catalyze these conversations is to be open and vulnerable, but to do so in a way that's true to me and to my brand and as a, as a human being. Well, it's funny because I think you actually, I think a lot of people, a lot of people that I talk to that seek guidance mm-hmm. from me about branding or growth or positioning themselves in the marketplace as a personal brand realize a little too late that it's about authenticity and transparency from the fucking jump, right? Like people see me tweeze my eyebrows on Instagram and I still right. have my own brand. Like I share a right. lot of my life and mm-hmm. and that's why I felt like it was time for me to launch a personal brand. But I love the way that you are, you went into the new brand being transparent mm-hmm. and authentic. And I think that's probably why you're seeing such rapid growth. Talk to me about the growth you're seeing on your digital community, because I remember you called me, you're like, how do I work Instagram? <laughs> I was like, I don't even know. And now you're like, at what? what? You're almost 11K followers or yeah, something? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, just first of all, to backtrack a second to this being authentic, I was always the person who was kind of shamed for being who I was. Like, you remember what my room looked like in college. You told me it looked like a clown threw up on it. I mean, I, w- I was that person who just, lo- I was Adelia's all the way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my life and my brand now looks like an elevated Lisa Frank, and it makes me so happy. Yep. And that's why I think I'm so passionate about and so, so good at uh, producing this content so frequently is because I actually love creating those things. Um, and so, yeah, in terms of growth, man, getting to that first 1000 was the hardest thing. What was that like? Talk to me about that because I think a lot of people listening are 300 followers, right? And they have an idea, they have a passion, they have a something and they're like, Mm -hmm. fuck this. It's way too daunting. I'm not even putting my toe in. That's how I felt. I, I felt like that. And I'm telling you that that path to 1000 followers felt like Everest. It felt like an eternity. But for me, I just kept reminding myself, this is not me. You know, if I'm not climbing and doing, it's not necessarily me. I paid a lot of attention to hashtags. I paid a lot of attention to making sure I was boosting posts that I knew were already doing well and using my money, you know, very, very strategically in that way. But I kept reminding myself from a confidence perspective that this is all an algorithm. This is all math. It's all zeros and ones. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not seeing that growth, I can't take it personally because it really very often doesn't have anything to do with you. It has to do with the fact that it's a very slow creep to that 1000. And then once you grow, it becomes easier and easier to grow. It's a, it's a really interesting thing, but I think a lot of people do stop because of that constant hit to your, um, to, to your confidence when you just feel like you're, you're not seeing anything you know, you get back on and you're like, I wrote the best post yesterday and it gets four likes and like three of them are your mom on her different accounts, you know, <laughs> on, on, on your mom's 10 burner accounts. <laughs> right. Yeah. She's just like, I like everything. But with your yeah. strategy about posting. So it sounds like you, you really looked into hashtags. You really looked into um, the boosting strategy, but explain a little bit about when you felt it was right to put yourself in the content, like physically, mm-hmm. like pictures mm-hmm. of you and how mm-hmm. often you post and what that does for growth. So I began to put myself into it almost immediately. And so I believe what happened was after, you know, that that first initial thing, I was putting myself into the brand as not me, right? So I was I was taking pictures of myself that were just in clothes I wouldn't really wear and doing all these things that were 
authentic when it came to the writing, but inauthentic when it came to the actual imagery. So I think I began to see that switch when I started to take photos and post photos that were way more myself. Um, And when it came to injecting myself into the brand, part of it was also knowing how to measure that against other content, especially because people are coming to me for wisdom um, as a as a seasoned writer, as somebody who works with the big five all the time. They're coming to me for answers that they can't get other places. So I had to respect that when it came to building that content. Um, but also... I was somebody who I don't like memes. Like I really, I just am not somebody who loves that, but I do like being funny. Mm-hmm. And I just started to notice that anytime I'm surprised I you don't meme, like memes, you're gay. You're like a gay man like me and gay guys love a meme. Gay guys love a meme, <laughs> but like, you know what it is? I wanted my feed to look like pretty. And I was just so mad that you like I would make a meme and it. it's just like so ugly. And so like, I, it made me feel like it was just like disorganized and whatever. But once I realized how well my memes do, I was just like, I got to do at least two or three of these a week because yeah. I have to. So I post, um, I, I only post weekdays. I do Monday through Friday because the week, my weekend stuff was getting no traction. And I felt like it was making my feed look bad till I have fewer likes on those mm. posts. It just, they just, for some reason, my audience is not online. Well, probably because a lot of them are younger and are well, not there's also class. a fatigue going on right now and Instagram fatigue. And I think people mm-hmm. are like taking back their weekends and their personal time. And they're like, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not working on this, this is a job, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, so it could be it that. Is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've just been amazed at how the growth has happened, but what it's really, really taken is commitment. It's doing it when you don't want to. It's planning ahead. You know, it's just making sure that you're you're really on top of it and you're being consistent because that's what you're in the end. Your followers are looking to you as a community leader and as a thought leader, and they mm-hmm. want to see you. They get used to your content, and when you disappear for a little while, they're like, "Where are you? Where have you been?" You know, and you want to a- show up. You said you talked a little bit um, just now about community. Tell mm-hmm. me how engaging with your community, both on and off Instagram, has mm-hmm. helped your either one of your brands, your personal mm-hmm. um, Ali Anderson editorial brand or Hey Young Writer. What does the kind of community world look like for you? So the entire goal of Hey Young Writer is to create that community and to help my followers build a portfolio because that's the hardest thing is getting yourself that experience. So we have a a strategy where we publish pretty much everybody who submits to us that follow these very small, the small list of guidelines. Um, And so we're really in there helping people build out their resumes. And we supply everybody with a button for their website and a letter of recommendation certifying that they've written for us. Um, But also there's a smaller community within the community that, you know, I have, I have an intern who is, 15. I have a, my, my managing editor is 19 and lives in the UK. My assistant is a a young professional. So I try really hard to bring these people in that create this community within the community. Mm. And then I actually open my calendar for an hour to two every week for 30 minute sessions with any of my uh, followers who want to meet with me and have questions that are and just like one-on-one thing. I do it for free. That's amazing. Um, we also just launched something called Hey Young Writer University, which is writers from all genres of all walks of life volunteering their time to do one-hour classes starting in January um, that will all be just geared toward giving young writers that information and giving them the, an idea of what the path looks like. Because mm-hmm. we 
it's really hard to know in any industry where to go, what to do. And to be honest, the vast majority of my DMs that I get, and I respond to them all, is you're the first person who I've who has ever responded to me. I've written to about 15 writers. No one has ever written back to me. So I think, you know, that in itself is just such a such a beautiful thing. And to see how that feeds my 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 other company is really just recognition. You know, it's just yep. people people stumble across me now on Instagram and reach out via my website, which is great, you know. You know what's funny? Um just thinking about this and hearing your story again, even though I know it, is like in the last three to six months, the conversation on Instagram about growth from all the experts, from my friends at Instagram to growth hackers is like, whatever you've been doing since 2012 is wrong. And it's time to go niche, niche, fucking niche, niche, niche. Like I'm a post, I'm an account about socks, right? Like maybe you were about shoes, but now you're about socks. That's how niche and granular. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. I think the stars aligned for you because you went into this niche, right? Like it's not about writing. It's about young writers growing or it's about young Mm -hmm. writers gaining. Like I always tell people, if you have a concept, like I, it's, I'm a fashion guy. Well, are you sustainable? Then you're an eco fashion guy. Are you handmade and sustainable? Then you're handmade eco sustainable fashion, right? Like mm-hmm. narrow it down. What what advice would you give to anybody looking to um, hone in on their niche like you did? Like how did you identify the market of young people specifically mm-hmm. being my age, 30 something? Right. Well, I mean, truthfully for me, it was what I needed when I was young. When I was a a green writer, I wanted to create something that was would have been useful to me on my career path. But I would say, I think a lot of us stay away from niching because we're scared that if we don't have a big audience, if we shrink it, shrink it, shrink it, we're not going to reach that many people. But the, the, the rule of thumb that I use when I'm writing my books or when I'm branding or marketing my books is that if you're speaking to everybody, you're actually speaking to no one. Mm-hmm. So you want to niche down as much as you can and just get rid of the fear that that niche is going to mean that you won't be successful or that you'll only be, you know, in this one tiny space that can't grow. The reality is when you figure out who you're speaking to, there's a massive group of people that exist within that category. It's just that you can't reach them when you're using a megaphone and yelling at a crowd of people who are just not, they don't care about that, you know? So Um, true. Yeah. It's like those fashion experts, you know, like I have a friend of mine who, um, did the Today Show all the time. And she ended up honing in so niche that she was like, you know, best budget finds. That's all she was known for. Even though she bought designer, she bought this and that, but people would call her and say, oh, I know the girl who does good budget stuff, right? Like you want to hone in on that. Um, One thing I want to ask you about is this crazy path to finding your personal and professional brands. Has that, when did you know it was time to, because I, your time from what I remember in college wasn't dedicated specifically to this, when, Mm -hmm. and then you worked in PR, when did you know that it was time to take a right and follow Mm -hmm. this path? 
Well, let's be honest. I had a massive breakdown in New York. I mean, I, I went to school for writing, um, writing literature and publishing at Emerson College. I had minors in journalism and um, and Holocaust literature and comedy. So that's cool. Um, but when I got to New York and I was in fashion PR, you know, I was doing what I thought I should do. I was doing what I thought was cool, what yeah. would make me look great and what, you know, what everybody else wanted me to do and be. But I just wasn't that person. And so I think that the misery that I encountered when I tried to be what I thought I should be was that pivot point for me that I need to turn my life around and just do what I actually want to do. It's so funny. You're you're a trendsetter, Allie, because honestly, like these top stories on the news about the great you know, resignation mm-hmm. happening right now is people hitting yeah. that wall now, way down the road yeah. from where you started. Yeah. But, you know, my my breakdown was pretty big. I mean, I later found out I had bipolar disorder that was driving this thing. So it made those feelings so much bigger mm. than um, maybe some people feel them. I don't know. But, you know, the biggest and scariest leap of faith was leaving New York and moving to Nashville. I was terrified because so I the reason that we I moved to Nashville is because I met this guy who's now my husband Jimmy and he was going to Berkeley College of Music and he had this plan to go to Nashville and I'm a psychopath so I was like eight months eight, like, eight weeks come. in I was like I'm gonna come with you <laughs> and he's like okay but um you know that was the scariest thing for me it was it was picking up and leaving everything I knew and everything I knew to be cool. I know it sounds bad to say cool, but the reality is when you leave communication school, when you leave art school, like we do, there's two places you go, you go to New York or you go to LA or you are nowhere. Mm -hmm. So to take the leap and move to Nashville was horrifying because I just could not imagine that there was going to be anywhere for me to grow creatively. And I was completely wrong. And I think that's another thing. I mean, it's like the remote, remote economy. I mean, nothing Mm -hmm. is in person anymore and you can do your job from a beach if you want it. Yeah. Well, and the thing was, I actually was just wrong about this place. I think I got here thinking there's no culture. Everybody's going to hate me because I'm a Jew. Everyone's going to, you know, all this shit and none none of it was true. And I, I, came to this place that's so welcoming, so, you know, really has this tight creative community where there is no competition. You know, everybody helps feed each other. We all, we're all brands that link up and are, you know, we, we work on projects together. We refer clients to one another. And I can't have imagined ever doing that in the, in those two climates. And so I think I just happened to find myself here, um, like literally find who I am in this place that gave yeah. me the space to, to explore. Yeah. I mean, I think a good takeaway from this chat is really about following your actual passion and your actual mm-hmm. heart and doing a little bit of digging to realize that, you know, especially now in the world of TikTok and social and what you think you should be doing or think what outputs you should be putting out, mm-hmm. um, that it's really about, you know, yourself better than anyone else and what's mm-hmm. going to make you happy. And ultimately it'll lead to a lot of success. I, um, I ask everybody like a couple questions at the end of each episode, and I'm dying to ask you this one and it, it, it totally doesn't have I'm to deal, so do with your brand. No, I just, I generally like to know, do you have a memory with a brand like your first brand memory, a product, a place, a restaurant, a, a this, a that, that for some reason just stands out in your mind? Oh my God, I do. Um, hard candy, nail polish. When we were young, 
was the, listen, the branding that they did with those like super candy colored shades and with the, with the uh, rings that came with each nail polish, that was the smartest thing. And still now, I mean, I'm, we're, we're pushing 40, sorry. And I still remember like how I wanted, you know, the turquoise color. Cause I wanted the ring and like the, their branding was just so incredibly smart because it went beyond just the wear of the nail polish. It went into just like the owning of the rings and how that proved that you made that purchase. Is it funny to think about those things? I think about it now as a brand builder. It's like, am I creating those experiences that people will remember the packaging, the unboxing experience, the whatever that you'll remember X amount of years from now? Um, That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, And then my next and final question for you is, do you have a major brand fail that turned out to really be a brand blessing in this building journey you've been on? Well, I think my major brand fail came at the perfect time because the brand fail I had was being inauthentic. Mm. And I think, you know, I was just very lucky to fall on my face at the very beginning of this journey because I I was really not growing. I mean, it was it was really like even getting to the first hundred was a struggle for me, but that was because I was fearful, you know, I and I think that if if any professional in any creative field or any, you know, anything like that can take one thing away from any piece of advice I'm going to give. It's as soon as you eliminate that fear, you begin to hone in on who you are and what actually matters to you. That's the second that things are going to take off because you might not even realize the things that you're doing that you're, that are actually protecting you from, from, from that experience of potentially falling on your face. Because the reality is we all do these safe things because we don't want to know if our dreams are actually going to come true. Like we don't know if what we right. Cause I don't know. I don't know when I am out there and I'm, you know, dancing around in like a glitter gown, if I'm going to be like, like someone's like, Oh my, she's an idiot. You know, you don't know until you do. But the thing is when you do it, even those failures are successes. Even those failures are little, little steps on your way to really succeeding. And even if you are questioned, or even if your brand doesn't take off right away, it's that commitment to it. It's that staying power. It's that thing that you, you kind of root into, well, this is who I am. And some people are not going to like it, but my dedicated people are going to love it. Dedicated people. That's the most, I always say it's more important to have an engaged community than a big one, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, what is next for Hey Young Writer before I let you oh go? Oh my gosh. Well, Hey Young Writer, I this is actually the first place I'm going to say it is becoming a print publication here in Nashville. This so, is so we amazing. are I know, it's really incredible. So I am working um with a, a really incredible creative. His name is Joe Clemens. He's my publicist, but he used to run an incredible magazine here in Nashville. Um, and we're working together to bring it to the page. So early 2022, we're going to see Hey Young Writer in print and just seeing all this just incredible stuff and watching the kids and young writers find out that they're going to be printed in a magazine has just been awesome. So we're kind of working through creative right now, but it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. amazing. I I can't wait. Giving all these kids their golden Willy Wonka ticket that everyone's looking for, you know, hundred percent. how cool is that? How can everybody find you on social and online and stuff? Yeah, they can find me at Hey Young Writer on Instagram and uh, at HeyYoungWriter.com on the interwebs. 
Al. I tried to do the TikTok, but I can't. I'm like, I actually think you would. I actually think you'd be really great on TikTok if you turn your most viral Instagram posts into funny TikToks. I think you'd grow like crazy. I just like can't do all the buttons, and then, then there's like the it takes. Like, I'm like, ugh. You should do more reels with your content. You know, everyone says that to me. You should. Like, it's a really okay. powerful way to grow right now. A lot of people are seeing like crazy growth from it. But anyway, we'll save reels for the next one. We literally came right up to the perfect amount of time. Al, thank you so much for doing the podcast. And I encourage everybody to follow Hey Young Writer. For more on the show, you can find us on Instagram at Brand Me Podcast or at Preston Conrad. Be sure, of course, to rate, review, and subscribe and share on social. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you next week.